Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Welcome anybody watching online and listening on the podcast. We're blessed that you chose to choose Victory World Outreach. We had quite a few guests in the first service, and uh, even in the rain, we still came. The rain didn't keep us out, amen? How many know today was a good day to stay in bed? The, the, I, I could hear the drops outside of the window. And uh, you don't think sometimes even the pastor doesn't want to get up. But I knew this was going to be an exciting day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And celebrate these changed lives. Amen. Well, how many today can say I'm alive? Y'all alive? Check your pulse. Everybody's alive here. Yesterday morning, as I get into the word, I woke up. And the word came to me, alive in Christ, dead to sin. How many know we're alive in Christ today and dead to sin? How many are thankful today? We are alive in Christ and dead to sin. That's the title of my message today. And I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to go over some verses. I want to show you some things in the scriptures. Amen. You can go ahead and put that back background up. There was a lot going on today. Let's give all the people who did something just now a hand. Amen. Because that was a lot. There was a lot of moving parts to get, those, to get those things done, and we appreciate all the people who serve in our church and are always willing to step up and uh, serve others so that they can hear the gospel. Right now, there's great people with the kids in the back taking care of them and helping them so that you can hear the gospel. You know, how many know we all are sinners? We all have a sin nature. And I want to start this off today, this message of being alive in Christ. If you're not alive in Christ today, the good news is you can be by the time this service is over. We want to present you to Jesus. We want you to know who he is and what he can do. You saw that here. He can, he can heal people that have drug addictions. He can heal people who have problems with alcohol. He can restore marriages. He can heal physical bodies. He can bring back home the black backslider. Amen. He's on the throne today, and there's nothing he can't do. How many believe that? He's on the throne. But, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that I'm not going to put up today, but we're going to be in the book of Romans in a minute, and I want you to think about the verse, Romans 3.23, that says, For the wages of sin is death. And it's actually uh, 623, and, and, and it's 323 or 623. And it says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So the Bible's telling us that if we keep sinning, the ultimate thing of our ultimate payment will be death. What would happen if we began to think about sin, that it wouldn't be as attractive if sin would pay the payment in the moment that we do it? Y'all following me on that? Think about that. We know that there's something waiting for the payment of our sin, which the Bible calls eternal separation from God. But what would happen if we saw the payment right when we did it? We might think a little bit more about sinning, right, and, and taking care of that. And so the world doesn't really think about that. The world and many of these today that got baptized uh, came in and gave their lives to the Lord and didn't know anything about God before they came in. And so they, they just sinned and didn't think anything about it. But now you begin to hear the gospel, you begin to hear the message of God, and you begin to realize that there is something that can be taken care of with that sin nature so we don't have to die. Because how many know there's two things for sure in the United States of America? You're going to die and you're going to pay your taxes. Right? Those are the two things you can be for sure of and you might be paying taxes after you die. Somebody will. 
So, so that would, wouldn't be very exciting news today if that was the case and that was just the, the end result and we're all going to die. But thank God there's something that happens after death. And it's called eternal life. And today Jesus says that we're not dead, that we're alive, but in him. So I want to get into the scriptures, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. And I want you to look at this today and I want you to understand what God wants to speak to us. And he says in verse 4, God, but God. I want, you to, I want you to realize what a but God means. It means if it wasn't for him stepping in, we'd be in trouble. How many know none of us deserve to be here this morning? We, we deserve to be in hell. The Bible tells us, I'm just telling you what the Bible says, we deserve to be lost. We deserve because we're sinners. Because we're, we'll never be able to live up to the holiness that God is and has and, and, and who he is as a holy God but, it's, but God, those people that just got baptized had a but God moment. They were on their way to jail. They were on their way to death. They were on their way to continued addiction. They were on their way to whatever it was. Or maybe they were just on their way to being a good person. But God, who is rich in his mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us. Now I want you to know he still loves you. But he loved you when, you were, when he was on that cross. And then it goes on to say, even when we were dead in our trespasses. I don't know about you, but I, one of the things that blows me away the most about Jesus is that he died for us knowing many people would not accept him. I don't know if, if you would have done it or if I would have done it. If, if God would have told me, I want you to go down, I want you to lay your life down, and 90% of the population of the world is just going to ignore what you did on the cross and not accept you. I don't know if we would have finished the work. How many are thankful today that Jesus finished the work? So it demonstrated his love while we were dead in our trespasses. And here's the, here's the verse. And he made us alive. To alive. Amen. And we, today, if you're here and you believe in Jesus Christ, you're alive. And you need to connect the smile on your face with the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Can somebody give me a smile if you're saved today? Amen. We should be the happiest people in the world because we were lost and now we're found. Amen. And so there's a, there's a fact here that says by grace. See, it's not by anything we can do. That's why nobody deserves it. We have been saved. Amen. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're sitting in heavenly places today, meaning we've got a, a destiny waiting for us. You know, I was, I was talking to my brother-in-law, Pastor Jose, who went back to Costa Rica this week and be preaching in his church today. And there's an old cassette we were listening to, believe it or not, a cassette. Who knows what a cassette is? Yeah, a lot of this generation doesn't know what a cassette is. The one you have to, remember when you had to flip it over and rewind it or fast forward? I'm taking y'all back. And I was listening to this old song, and, and uh, I, I began to sing it to my brother-in-law about, I've got a mansion over the hilltop. In that bright land where we'll never grow old. And someday yonder we'll never more wander, but walk on streets that are purest gold. I want you to begin to understand that we think gold is important. Some of you got gold earrings and gold necklaces and gold watches and gold in your closet. In heaven where we're going that God has prepared for us, it's the pavement on the street. We got something amazing waiting for us this morning. Amen. And back in 1997, the year that I was here in Denton, my, my papa was still alive, one of my heroes of the faith. And, and uh, he would, we would be in a church service like this. I was the assistant pastor that year. 
and I would just be ready to listen to the pastor preach, and my papa would just stand up. And uh, please don't do this to me today, okay? He would just stand up and say, uh, I think my son should sing a song. My grandson, Blake. And I would have to get up and come up to the, to the altar and grab a hymnal and sing a song. So I know those songs like the old rugged cross. Amen. I know those songs like I've got a mansion and everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. And there's a new name written down in glory and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. The white robed angels sing the story that a sinner has come home. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The, the real promises of God is what I'm trying to tell you today. We have been made alive in Jesus and raised up to heavenly places. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Amen. How many believe that this morning? That's the gospel. He doesn't take good people and make them better, bad people and make them good. He take, we're dead, the Bible says. We're born, literally, we're born dead spiritually. And we need a Savior, and God wants to reveal that to you today. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. We're going to look at several verses in Romans. If you haven't read the book of Romans, please read the book of Romans, especially if you're a new believer. In the book of Romans is the Roman road to salvation. Romans 3, Romans 5, Romans 8, Romans 6, Romans 10. And the ABCs, the admit that I'm a sinner, the believe that I need a Savior, the confession that I need to be saved. ABCs of salvation. There's that Roman road of leading somebody to the Lord. So we're going to look at Romans today, and we're going to realize through His Word what He speaks to us. How many will pray with me and open your hearts? Father, we ask You to anoint Your Word this morning. I bless every man, every woman, every teenager, every young person in this place, God, that you would speak to their hearts. Father, as you spoke to me, alive in Christ, dead to sin, Father, help us walk out of this place understanding what that means, realizing what it means to be alive in Jesus. Lord, let us realize that our sins are forgiven and that you're on the throne and there's no weapon formed against us this morning that can prosper in the lives of your people. Lord, let joy overflow us as we read your word this morning and we bind you Satan and all your powers and all your lies and all your deception you are under our feet this morning in Jesus name and everybody shouted amen, amen. It's Romans 6 verse 4 is anybody okay with reading the word therefore we were buried that's what just happened with him through baptism into death but I just want to give you a little teaching here in the preaching that, that this water over here, we did not import it from Israel. It is not from the Jordan River. Amen. It's from the tap outside or from the kitchen or wherever we got it from. It's just water. That water does not save anybody. That act of baptism doesn't save anybody. It is a simple act of obedience of the symbol of an old man going down into the water and that old man staying down there and the new person coming up in Christ just as Jesus went into the grave and he came out of the tomb. Amen? And so it is a symbol. It is a very important thing. But how many are thankful today that it's not, it's not the water in the baptism tanks that saves you. It's the blood of Jesus that it represents. How many believe in the blood of Jesus this morning? 
that was shed on the cross. See, today in the day we're living in, some of you might be guests here today and you might go to a different church or never have gone to church. You might have a different background. Today, if you've been to church lately, you might be receiving a lot, and I'm not talking bad or down, just truth. You might be receiving a lot of uh, uh, motivational speeches. You might be hearing a lot of things about you can have your best life now and you can be a champion and all these different things. But the Bible tells us that something very horrible happened 2,000 years ago when God was beaten and suffered on a cross and shed his holy blood so that we could be saved and forgiven and have eternal life. And that's not a pretty story, but it's a beautiful ending. Can I get an amen? So you need to understand today, God doesn't want your religion. He doesn't want your denomination. He doesn't want to know the name of your church. He wants to know, is your name in the Lamb's book of life? Amen. That's what matters today. And the only way you can get your name in the book is to believe. Somebody say believe. Amen. So it says that just as Christ was raised from the dead, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we, watch this, should walk in the newness of life. Today we are challenging these people that got baptized that this is just the beginning of their walk. We've seen too many times over the years, and I'm sure in many churches, people get baptized, and then they sing the song, I'll fly away, oh glory, and all of a sudden they're gone. We don't ever see them again. They, go, they don't go to church anymore. This is not your salvation ticket. This is a symbol. I was telling that to Rob. This is a symbol of the beginning of your life. And now you start to learn how to walk in the newness of life. I want everybody to take their left hand, put it on their right shoulder, and pat yourself on the back today. For one, because it's been a long time since someone did that for you. Amen. And for two, because you're at church. You're where you should be. Because when you come to church, you're obeying God's word that says, don't forsake the assembling together of the brethren. And you can hear a message that will challenge you. That's what we're doing today. So there's a newness of life. Now we're learning how to walk. We're learning how to do what God wants us to do. Let's keep reading. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. You can't have the resurrection without the death. The death means nothing if there's no resurrection. So we know that the important, that's what baptism is, the symbol of both. And we know that he did it for us to have life this morning. Let's keep reading. For knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. See, that's one thing that needs to be a revelation. Some people don't understand that. We were crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with. Let me give you a spoiler of what I'm trying to teach you this morning. You don't have to walk in sin. You don't have to be a slave to sin any longer. There's a song, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. You can be different. God wants you to be different. You, don't, you shouldn't be the same person that you were before you met Jesus. He says, sin would be done away with and we would no longer be slaves of sin. Before we meet Jesus, we are literally slaves of sin. We can't help it. We do wrong. When we get saved, Jesus breaks that curse. He disarms all the principalities on the cross, and he makes us alive. Can you say amen? amen? Verse 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. So if you haven't died yet in the spiritual realm, then you're still a slave. But you say, Jesus died on that cross for me, and I was crucified with him. Now, if we died with Christ, 
We believe that we shall also live with him. How many know that he went to that grave, but he also came out? So we don't say, tell someone next to you, I don't have to fear death. You believe that? Let me, let me just make this simple and, and, and clear as well this morning. Your salvation comes from belief. Simply believing what Jesus did on the cross. Not having it all together, not being perfect, but simply believing what Jesus said we should do. And I believe this morning that Jesus took my place. How many else believe that? And that when he came out of the grave, he defeated death so that I don't have to be afraid to die. It says, knowing Christ, having been raised to the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Hallelujah. We don't have to be afraid of dying. For he, for the death that he died, he died once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, watch this. This is the meat of the message. We need to reckon ourselves to be dead. I am a, you've heard the saying, I am a dead man walking. As believers, we are dead men walking. In other words, we no longer live to satisfy the flesh and the things we used to do before. Before we wanted to do something, we just did it. Whatever our flesh felt like, that's what the world's telling us today. Do whatever you want. Be whoever you want. Go wherever you want. Think however you want. Be free. That's not true freedom. That's called slavery to the devil. And, and the Bible does say that sin is fun for a season. It's, okay, it's fun. It's tantalizing. But at the end is death. Jesus is trying to tell us if you want true life, you need to be free and dead to sin. So you say, I no longer live. I'm reckoning myself to be dead to sin. But I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus my Lord. How many want to be alive to God and dead to the devil? That's the change. We're praying all the time for conversions, for transformations. We're not in this place today looking for people to come from other churches. We're not going to other aquariums and fishing out of theirs. We're trying to find the lost. We're trying to find the hurting. We're trying to find the hopeless. If God has brought you in this church, we're thankful that you're here. Get involved and help us get people saved. But that's the purpose we're here. All the churches we've started, I pray every single day, Lord, give our pastors converts, new believers, people who've never heard the gospel, people who've never known the truth of, of what it is to be free from sin. Amen? And so it says, reckon yourself to be dead and alive to God in Christ Jesus. If you're taking notes, write this down. Death and sin are powerless. Okay? Death and sin are powerless, but there's a but. Death and sin are powerless when we act through faith in the Spirit. I'm kind of going to give you a little uh, secret that I gave at the end of the altar call that I didn't think about during the message, but I've already preached a message, and I'm going to give it to you now. How many in here have been saved 5, 10, 15 years? Let's say at least 10 years. Let's go 10 years. 10 years, raise your hand. 15, keep it up. 20, 30. Okay, we've got some people in here who've been over 30 years saved. Now, those that raise their hand, how many can help everybody else that's been saved? Because we've got some that have been saved just weeks and months and a year. How many that raised your hand could say, you struggled like me, or maybe I'm just the only one, you don't have to appease me, but you struggled to believe that you were forgiven? 
Anybody that's been saved for a long time struggle with that in your walk? Even many years being saved, not truly believing that everything I ever did was taken care of on that cross. One of the hardest things for a believer to, to believe is that it's under the blood, that it's gone, that it's as far away as the east is from the west, that it's in the sea of forgetfulness, and that I can be totally free from the sin nature, that I can dominate my sin nature, that I don't have to do what my body wants to do. I don't have to do what I'm tempted to do. How many can say that it took you a while to realize that? Well, I'm going to give you that, that are new in the Lord a little secret. Don't wait. Listen to this word. That you are who God says you are. And if he says that you're dead to sin, you can be dead to sin. Can I get an amen? amen. So now I want you to think about this. There's only two kind of people in the world. And I said that, you know, because there's dark, there's light, there's, there's, there's right, there's wrong. But listen to this. This is truly a true statement. There's only two types of people out of the 8 billion people in the world. I don't know the numbers, but one is those who are dead in sin. They're dead in sin. And the other one is those who are dead to sin. When you don't know Jesus, you are dead in your sin, dead in the water. There's no hope. That's why this world is hopeless. That's why this world drinks and drugs and parties and, and takes pills and, and looks for relationships because there's no hope for their, there's no antidote. They don't think there's an antidote for their, for their sin life. They think there's no hope. So they're dead in sin. They realize I'm already dead. I might as well live it up. But then there's those that God wants to be this morning. All of us is dead to sin. He doesn't want sin to have power over us. Because if we truly believe what Jesus did on the cross, death has no power over us. If we truly believe what Jesus did on the cross, sin cannot have its power over us. It is powerless when we believe. How many truly believe this morning? Now look at Galatians chapter 4. This is interesting. I want to look at this first verse, and then you can take it back down, Galatians 4. And I want you to see the word air, and then let's just take it down. How many in here are an heir? Let me see your hand. Raise your hand if you are an heir. All right. Now, I'm not talking spiritually. I'm talking physically. How many in here are an heir physically? Not in heir, an heir. Okay. You might not know this, but you're all an heir. That means something when your parents, maybe they've already passed away, or your grandparents or something, when they, when they die, you are an heir. They may not be leaving you anything but debt but you're an heir to debt. Right? Every single person here is an heir to an inheritance. Like I said, the inheritance could be you paying for your parents' funeral. Your inheritance could be a lot of money, but we're all heirs in the physical realm. Something is, when somebody dies and land is left, they have to many times go look for the heirs, and sometimes they don't know where they're at. They haven't been in the family. So in the physical, we're all heirs. We're all going to inherit something when those who brought us into the world leave behind. Like I said, could be good, could be bad. We obviously know in the spiritual realm, in Bible, God wants us to leave a good inheritance to our kids. But now there's a spiritual inheritance I'm talking about. And God wants us to see here, as we go back to that verse 1 in Galatians. And it says, now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child does not differ at all from a slave, though he is the master of all. Watch the next verse. 
but is under guardians and stewards until the time. Let's leave this there for a second. Appointed by the Father. So we have an inheritance now spiritually waiting for us in heaven. When I mentioned that song about I've got a mansion over the hilltop, I don't know of anybody in our church that has a mansion. If you do have a mansion, I want to come see it. Okay, please invite me over for dinner. And don't just invite me over um, for, for just any old dinner. If you have a mansion, I would like a really nice dinner, okay? Right? I don't know. Maybe someone in here has a mansion, but as far as I know, no one does. And, but guess what? The Bible tells us we all have a mansion waiting for us in heaven. And Jesus, oh, man. Oh, I, thought, I thought, that's okay. I thought you'd get excited about that. No one did. We all have a mansion in heaven waiting for us. Amen? I guess some of y'all got one here so you don't need one up there. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. In my Father's house are many mansions. And I just told you the road paved to the mansion is gold. We have to get our minds on heaven. Now, there's a balance here. We can't be so heavenly-minded that we don't do anything on this earth. But we can't be so earthly-minded that we don't think about what's waiting for us. When we're going through struggles and trials, and you should go back and listen to Wednesday's message, that struggles and trials are part of the cross. It's part of living as a believer. But we need to understand, ours is temporary. Amen? Ours is temporary. It's not going to last forever. We've got something waiting for us that's amazing. What does the sinner have waiting for them? Hell. A sinner's hell. How many know we should be a little more excited this morning that we're children of God and that we're alive in Christ and dead to sin this morning? Amen? That we're heirs of the Father. But so, so that child, though, when he's a child, cannot get what he is waiting for him till he gets to a certain age. God has heaven waiting for everybody, but everybody has to make the decision if they want to go there. I know that sounds like a crazy thing. Who wouldn't want to go to heaven? Well, lots of people reject heaven every single day. So let's keep reading. Verse 3. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, when Jesus came to the earth, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, watch this, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Church, today we are the creation of God until we accept Jesus, then we become the children of God. When they sang that song, we are the world, we are the children, that was not biblical. Okay? Everybody says, we're all God's children. We're all, no, we're not. We're all God's creation. When we believe that Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins, that's when we become adopted by God and we become his children. How many want to be God's children this morning? By believing in what Jesus did on the cross. Alive in Christ, dead to sin. Amen? So that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, and of course daughters, God has sent, this is important, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Crying out, Abba, Father. 
Therefore, you are no longer a slave to a son, or a slave, but a son, and if a son, an heir of God through Christ. How, how can we be sad longer than a few moments when we stop to think about what's waiting for us in heaven? Amen? That's okay. You can be excited all by yourself. Don't worry. I'm with you. I just can't clap. I don't have any. Amen. Romans 8. There is there now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according. Now, here's where we get to. We're going to begin to finish right here. This is important. We are flesh. Everybody take your hand and pinch your other hand. Just pinch the skin. You feel that? We're flesh. Okay? There is a battle every day between your flesh and your spirit. In Romans as well, Paul mentions, I do what I, the things I don't want to do, I do. And the things I don't do want to do, I don't. He doesn't say that in the sense of it's okay. He's saying there's a daily battle for my flesh and my spirit. My spirit wants to please God. My flesh wants to please the enemy. The question is, what are we pleasing? What are we feeding? What's coming into our eyes? What's coming into our ears? So he's saying, there's, and we have to, this is what I said a minute ago. We got to believe there's no more condemnation. When you feel condemnation, that's not God. Conviction is God. Conviction says, don't do that. You don't need to do that. There's no fulfillment in that. Come back and enjoy the goodness of God. My peace, my joy, my love. That's conviction. That comes from the Holy Spirit. Condemnation comes from the devil. There's a big difference. But many people today, unfortunately, some here maybe, you walk in condemnation. You think you've done too many things wrong. But you know what we do when we think that? We make God a liar. He says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who's in Christ Jesus? Those who believe. Believe. Who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's why it's so important, church, for us to pray every day. For us to read the Bible every day. For us to hang out with people who want to live for God. For us to watch what we listen to and watch what we watch and be careful for what we put into our lives. If you're struggling, listen, I could spend the day with you. I could go through your day from waking up to going to bed and I could watch what you watch, listen to what you listen to, follow your steps through the day, and I'll be able to tell you why you're not walking in victory. Because you can't do fleshly things and expect a spiritual in income or uh, result. Whatever you're feeding yourself with is what's going to come out. Garbage in, garbage out. Good in, good out. Right? Sounds kind of elementary, but we all struggle in it. So he says, don't walk in the flesh. Walk according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, watch this, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin. Look at this. He condemned sin in the flesh. In the, that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us, watch this, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So we need people to tell us you're in the flesh. We need people in our lives to tell us you're, you're in the flesh right now. We need accountability. 
Amen? Can I get an amen? amen? I want someone to tell me you're in the flesh. And listen, that flesh is always willing. You know what the Bible says? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But the flesh is always willing. The, the flesh wants to rise up. And every single one of you got that old man, no woman living inside of you. And every single day it wants to rise up. And you got to push it back down and tell it it's under the blood. I, I come, I, I'm in the spirit, not in the flesh. Can I get an amen? amen. Now watch, let's keep reading. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. That's why I said I could hang out with you and I can see what your problem is if you have problems. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. If you're really living for God, people are going to call you radical. If you're really living for God, they're going to call you radical. Oh, you're radical. You're, you're too much into church. You're too much into the things of God. You talk about God too much. All you ever think about is God. All you ever do is go to church. All you ever, that's, 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 that's how you're going to be labeled, and that's, that's, that's actually how it's supposed to be. That's what it says. If you're living according to the flesh, you're going to set your mind. In other words, you're a fleshly person, you're going to do fleshly things. If you're a spiritual person, you're going to do spiritual things. Who's dominating your life today? The things of this flesh or the things of the Spirit? Jesus is saying, you can be alive in me, and you can be dead to sin. Okay? He made the power. we got to make the choice. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is what? I'm going to yell that out. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Isn't Romans good? Next verse. Because the carnal mind is an, an enemy of God. For it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Why do we talk so much about reading your word and praying and listening to worship and watching good things and all that? Because your flesh does not need help. It can do bad all by itself. It doesn't need any help. But our spirit needs help. We need to feed our spirit. And this world is surrounding us with things to pull our flesh. So then those who are in the flesh, watch this, cannot please God. you got to ask yourself this morning, do I want to please God? If you want to please God, you got to walk in the Spirit. If you want to walk in the Spirit, you got to believe that you're alive in Christ and dead to sin. Amen? As these close, but you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Tell the person next, you're not in the flesh, you're in the Spirit. I hope. And if you are in the flesh, we're going to tell you. If I'm in the flesh, you tell me. All right? Accountability. We got small groups. We got breakaway. We got prayer groups. We got these services. We have things going on all the time. It's not so we can just stay busy and be radical. It's so we can stay right. Amen? You're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. I love this verse. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body of dead is dead because of sin, but the Spirit of life because of righteousness. And if the same spirit, I want you to think about that. When Jesus came out of the grave, the Bible tells us right here that the same spirit, how many know that was an amazing thing when Jesus' dead body after three days came out of that grave? This says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us and can quicken our mortal bodies and raise us from the dead too. Do you believe that this morning? 
that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. As the musicians are coming, I want to finish with one more verse in Galatians chapter 2. This kind of sums and ties it all up. I hope you go back and read these. I hope you get in a small group this week and you go over these things. But this is the key. This is the, this is the theme that God is looking for. This is the place God wants you to get to. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. How many know that's what God wants you to get? It's not, I'm, de- I'm dead. My, I died 30 years ago. I, I don't, I, my desires, my wants are gone and dead. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. How many know this is a, life is very short. It's very temporary. We need to understand that God wants to give us life on this earth. He wants us to walk in that life, but we got to understand that eternity is forever. That's why it's so important that we take somebody to heaven with us. How many would accept the challenge this year to take somebody to heaven with you? Get somebody to church to get saved, amen? Get somebody to hear the gospel. Because we don't want to be there by ourselves. And actually the Bible tells us we can't be there by ourselves. We've got talents and we've got to present them back to the Lord. But we're never going to be able to do that if we don't understand ourselves. If it's that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in me. And if that same spirit is in me, then I can say no to sin. I can say no to temptation. I can say no to the fleshly desires of my life and truly live. Another secret weapon I can tell you today that it took me a long time to figure out, and many have that same struggle, is that we can have self-control. You know one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control? No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to think that. I'm alive in Christ. Christ lives within me. His Spirit is in me. I don't want to grieve Him. I don't need that. This is, that thing's going to give me a temporary pleasure. Can anybody in here tell me today, in honesty, that there's anything you do that would be worth missing hell, heaven over? Any pleasure, any drug, any relationship that would be worth missing heaven over? But doesn't the devil paint it good? He he's knows what he's doing. In church, he's, doing, he's done it for thousands of years. But Jesus, the Word of God says, you can be alive in me today. Jesus says, alive in Christ, dead to sin. Amen? I really believe many of you are going to walk out of here today with a new understanding, a new mind, the mind of Christ, that that sin nature is defeated. Father, in your name today, in your power, in your grace, in your love, Help us realize that we, that death and sin are powerless when I believe, when I have faith. Lord, I know yesterday, I believe you always speak to me, but this was such a clear word from you, alive in Christ and dead to sin. Alive in Christ and dead to sin. Lord, help us walk in the, fle- in the Spirit so we don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Help us to realize everything that happens in the flesh is temporary. But what we do in the Spirit, God, is eternal. Father, as people are listening to your voice today through mine, and I'm your messenger, I hope I've presented the gospel to them.
I hope everyone in here realizes this morning that the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. All we have to do is admit. First John says, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. How many in this place, as the Holy Spirit is dealing with us, as the Holy Spirit is drawing us, could say today, Pastor, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Sin dominates my life. I'm not alive in Jesus today, but I want to be. Just lift up your hand and say, pray for me today. I want to know what it is to be alive in Jesus. Just put your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. All over. Just put it up. I need prayer. I want to be saved today. This, that's me. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? I'm going to wait just a few moments. God's calling you today. The Bible says in Revelation, I see your hand. God bless you. He's knocking on the door of your heart. Sin has dominated you for too long. Sin will take you, longer, take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin, sin, sin's purpose behind Satan is for you to go to a sinner's hell, but you don't have to. But if you reject Jesus today and you reject his salvation, then you reject what he did on the cross. He did it whether you believe it or not, whether you accept it or not. But when we accept it, we become alive. And sin dies. And that sin nature is defeated. All you have to do is what that thief on the cross did, which was believe. Today you'll be with me in paradise, he said. How many more? I'm going to wait just a few more moments. I'm not asking you, by the way, to become a member of our church. I'm not asking you to be a part of a denomination. I'm asking you today, if you stood before God as judge, what would you tell him? How would you answer for your life? Today you can be forgiven. Today you can be saved. How many more would you say, Pastor, would you, would you remember me today? Just lift up your hand. I want to be saved. I see your hand. I want to be born again. I see your hand. Amen. Let's stand all over this place and stay in this attitude of reverence, please. The Bible says in Mark and Luke that Jesus, all he wants us to do is confess him and say, I believe that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. It may sound really simple. It is. It's just a decision. But, but Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. And then once you make that decision, then you take up a cross. God begins to change your life. He begins to give you joy and peace and purpose. But until you do that, you're just going to be a puppet of the devil. And he's just going to keep on taking you. He might, you might go to church. You might be a good person. Ephesians says that our goodness, our good works is not enough. It says we're saved by grace, not by works, lest anybody would be able to boast of why they're in heaven. The only reason I'm going to be in heaven is what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Quickly, as we, open, as we change the order of the service, if you're here, we're going to pray with those watching online too. This may be your only chance today. I don't say that to scare you. Tomorrow's not promised. There's no promise of tomorrow. There's no promise of Wednesday or next week. Today, if you raised your hand, or maybe, maybe you didn't even raise your hand, but you don't, you don't know what tomorrow holds.
and you want to make your life right with God today, you might not understand it all. You might not have it all figured out. Just understand that Jesus paid your price, and he loves you, and all he wants you to do is accept that. If you raised your hand and you meant it, I want to ask you to do one more thing. Find that nearest aisle and just come down here quickly, and I want to pray for you. Come on, just step out. I saw hands go up. Don't wait for somebody else. You come. Come on, hands went up. If you saw someone raise their hand around you, help them out. Come with them. We'll pray together. Make a public confession of your faith. Come on. Come on, church. Hallelujah. We'll just keep waiting. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to come. Please don't reject Jesus. Don't reject his call this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody say this with me today. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know I fall short of all your glory. I was born into sin. The future of my life is death and a sinner's hell. But today I believe you took my place. You sacrificed your life for my sins to be forgiven on the cross. Thank you for your blood that you shed for me as a lamb without blemish. Please wash my sins away. Please make me a new person. From this day forward, I will live for you and I will die to sin and be alive in Christ. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, the Bible says the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.